gospel message. I have much more to tell you, but you can't bear to hear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, she will guide you into all truth. She won't speak on her own initiative. Rather, she'll speak only what she hears. And she'll announce to you things that are to come. In doing this, the spirit will give glory to me. For she will take what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that Abba God has belongs to me. This is why I said that the Spirit will take what is mine and reveal it to you. May God add a blessing to this reading. Amen. You may be seated. I took the scripture this morning from the Inclusive Bible. So you may have noticed that I was calling the Holy Spirit she, and when I spoke of I, that was Jesus Christ, and when we spoke of God, it was as Abba, God. A familial name, a, a loving name for a parent. And it's important for us to remember that that Trinity is the Trinity that we celebrate today. We have received the gift of life from our divine parent, we came to know the Son through his birth and life and death and resurrection. And last week, we celebrated Pentecost when we met the Holy Spirit as she invited us to be the church, the body of Christ, the church that belongs to God. It is not your church. It is not my church. It is God's church. It is not the church of the privileged. It belongs to the least and the last and the lost, the needy. Those are the ones that God seeks to heal in the beloved community that is Christ's church. As United Methodists, we attend annual conference each year as a part of our connectional system. Pat Neal and I attended in person in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I'd like to share a few details with you. When we first began the plenary session of conference, we began with an Episcopal address. Our Bishop Sudarshana Devadar shared with us. And one of the things he did, if you could show the first slide, please, is he shared with us his reading list for this year. These can be found on the conference website, neumc.org, if you can't remember or write down what I'm, I'm telling you now. But I encourage you, maybe as a church, maybe as a small group, maybe individually, to read these books this year. The next slide talks about the four goals, the four initiatives that the bishop has set for us this year. And the first is about accessibility. Bishop Suda said that when we speak about the persons who may not feel welcome at our churches, we often neglect to remember those persons living with disabilities. One of the most lovely pieces of our time together is always the memorial service, where we honor those pastors and spouses who have passed through the passing year. And of course, we celebrated the life of our beloved Nadine Strout at that time. During her 
uh, sermon during this service, Bishop Luttrell Easterling Miller, who came out of the New England Conference. She was a pastor down in Boston at Union. And then she was nominated and elected as bishop, and she currently serves the Baltimore-Washington area. In her sermon, she said that we, as those saints who have passed this year, should live lives that speak. She said that no one should be remembered for the one mistake they made, and that we should release any negative thoughts or feelings associated with those deceased, but rather that we should rejoice in their love and joy. There's another slide here about the Open Spirit Task Force. You may have seen that there were meetings where you were invited to come and learn about the work of this task force. The New England Annual Conference at our session this week affirmed a declaration which we called ourselves rooted and structured in God's unconditional love that leads to liberation, freedom, and full inclusion of all. Our conference invites all those who would advance such love and liberation to join together in the spirit of John Wesley's question, though we cannot all think alike, may we not all love alike? Where we cannot love alike by striving together for liberation, our conference will engage in discernment about disaffiliation, denominational identity and membership, and clerical status with equity, compassion, and restorative justice. There's another slide that talks about our commitment to peacekeeping social principles. This one lifted up one of our existing social principles that I hope you're familiar with and I want to read now because it's important for us to remember who we are as United Methodists. These are posted, these are agreed upon by the whole church, the general conference. And so this represents our denominational stand. So with respect to war, in those social principles we say, we believe war is incompatible with the teachings and example of Christ. We therefore reject war as an instrument of national foreign policy. We oppose unilateral first or preemptive strike actions and strategies on the part of any government. As disciples of Christ, we are called to love our enemies, seek justice, and serve as reconcilers of conflict. We insist that the first moral duty of all nations is to work together to resolve by peaceful means every dispute that arises between or among them. We advocate the extension and strengthening of international treaties and institutions that provide a framework within the rule of law for responding to aggression, terrorism, and genocide. We believe that human values must outweigh military claims as governments determine their priorities, that the militarization of society must be challenged and stopped, that the manufacture, sale, and deployment of armaments must be reduced and controlled, and that the production, possession, or use of nuclear weapons be condemned. Consequently, we endorse and complete disarmament under strict and effective international control. 
another of our social principles was lifted up when we took up a resolution about access and rights to reproductive health care because that has been so in the news. Our belief in the sanctity of unborn human life makes us reluctant to approve abortion, but we are equally bound to respect the sacredness of the life and well-being of the mother and the unborn child. Our social principles, United Methodists as a denomination, uphold and agree that we recognize tragic conflicts of life with life that may justify abortion, and in such cases we support the legal option of abortion under proper medical procedures by certified medical providers. We support parental, guardian, and other responsible adult notification and consent before abortions can be performed on girls who have not yet reached the age of legal adulthood. We cannot affirm abortion as an acceptable means of birth control, and we unconditionally reject it as a means of gender selection or eugenics. Therefore, in our conference this week, we resolve to affirm this statement and uphold a person's right to an abortion and other informed consideration with their family and their medical practitioners, their pastor, and other pertinent counsel. We then went on to a resolution about our stewardship of creation responding to the global climate crisis. And the person who spoke to this, a beloved clergy colleague from Vermont, stood and said it will be 10 years before there's no turning back, before this is not sustainable, before our world is in a downward plunge with respect to its climate. She said as a grandmother, she was pleading with us. It's the least we can do. And so the conference created a creation care task force that will implement, resource, educate, and monitor the implementation of prioritizing education and resourcing regarding climate justice, encouraging each church to complete an annual energy audit and act on it, reporting and celebrating progress at their annual church conference to consult with their state's interfaith power and light chapter. Some chapters, including New Hampshire, have grants available for energy audits. All church facilities and camp structures are encouraged to practice recycling, composting, weatherization, energy efficient lighting, and use of native plants in landscaping. They also encourage reducing the use of single-use items like cups and plates and utensils due to the difficulty of recycling. And another resolution was confronting harm and discrimination on the basis of sex or gender. For too long, sexism, misogyny, and discrimination on the basis of sex and gender have been woven through systems of power and privilege in the institutional church. This harms people of every gender and leaves those who experience such harm unclear about where to turn for support. As United Methodist people of faith and siblings in the human family, we denounce all forms of discrimination on the basis of sex, gender, gender identity, and gender expression. And we confess and lament our participation in systems that have caused harm. We can and must do better. 
and now a resolution about identifying and opposing apartheid in the Holy Land. There's a difference when you're in the Holy Land between the pieces that are Palestinian and the parts that are Israeli. You will see that there are water cisterns on the homes belonging to Palestinians, but not on the homes of Israelis, because their water will be turned off for weeks at a time. A young member of conference, a 13-year-old boy, who had traveled with his parents and bishop to the Holy Land, reminded us that workers wait at checkpoints for up to 3.5 hours to go to work. And so United Methodists strongly reject and condemn all forms of racism and religious prejudice, including anti-Semitism. If you'll put up this slide of our beloved Bishop Sudarshana Devadar, for nearly four hours on Friday night, pastors throughout the conference, the cabinet, his family from India, his daughter's family from the Midwest, as well as friends, a seminary professor, people from his home conference and the New Jersey conference that he served as bishop, praised and joked and gave thanks for our bishop of 10 years. The music, so for those of you who've been a lot here for a long time, Pastor Joel has retired. <laughs> Peter will continue in Wilmington. I will go to Oakdale. We will continue um, to, sorry, I can't understand what I wrote there. Um, Jen, our intern from uh, two years ago, will continue in her appointment and she was anointed as a local pastor because that wasn't able to take place during COVID. And Milka, our intern from this year, has been appointed to a small church in Massachusetts, halftime as she finishes school. So on this Trinity Sunday, we celebrate our triune God, parent, son, and Holy Spirit. And we celebrate the church and the beautiful connection that we have as United Methodists through the world, throughout our community, and especially throughout New England. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift.